Welcome to the AR-15 Podcast. AR-15 Podcast. This is the podcast about your favorite black rifle. This show is for you if you're building your first AR or you've been building ARs for years. There is something we can all do to take our black rifle to the next level. Welcome to episode number 196 of the AR-15 Podcast. So tonight on this episode, we're going to be talking about what we saw at SHOT 2017's Media Day at the Range. And we have tonight two of our usual suspects, Anthony and JD. Guys, how have you been? Uh, good. You know, had a fun day out at the range. Got to see you guys in person for a change. And uh, now we're all sitting at, sit, at JD's kitchen table recording a show. So what could possibly go wrong? Absolutely nothing. I think this is the first time we've ever all I been together. This is the first time that we've sat in the same room and recorded a show. So. And I'm and I'm pretty out of it. <laughs> <laughs> so this should make for an interesting bit of content, but we wanted to get it out to you guys pretty quick. Yep. So we're all a little punch drunk. We've uh, had a very long day. I think I've uh, I've got the record. Uh, I think Las Vegas time. I started at one forty five this morning, and it is now oh dark thirty. It's really late. It's horrible. It's just after nine Vegas time. Ooh, Don't pay ooh. attention to that clock. Apparently, it doesn't work. <laughs> that's that's almost a twenty four hour day. We're getting close. So, well, you had that hour to rest at the front gate at range day. Yeah, yeah. Nice. You guys keep bringing that up. <laughs> so, uh, I guess uh, what we've been up to is really kind of uh, uh, the entirety of the show. So, we're not really going to delve into that, but. Uh, JD, why don't you, uh, thank some of our sponsors before we get too far in. So RTT Firearms teamed up with us a lot last year and they're teaming up with us now to do a rifle giveaway. Uh, Robert gave details on the rifle giveaway in episode 195 of the AR-15 podcast. I don't want to quote him on the things he said, but I'm pretty sure he said SBR, uh, in the giveaway. So you can find out all the details on that. Once all this craziness slows down, I'll, I'll get it down and, We'll get it posted up to the giveaway site so you can sign up to do that. Um, also, this Friday for 24 hours only, we are going to be entering you into a uh, giveaway for a Make America Great Again Trump AR-15 lower. The serial number will be the date of the inauguration. That will be for 24 hours. We will post the link on Instagram and on Facebook. Uh, if you don't have those and you want to connect, you can shoot me an email, jd.ar15podcast at gmail.com. That's jd at jd.ar15podcast at gmail.com. Lack of sleep's kicking in. I also want to say thank you to JWB Military Brass. Um, they have been sponsors of the show for a while now and doing great things. Um, Reed's ordered products from them. Uh, just a really solid operation they've got going there, and they are um, a small operation, and they're sponsoring the AR-15 podcast, so we know uh, kind of how important that makes it to get over there and check out their stuff, uh, do business with them. I don't have the script right in front of me. I think it's uh, ARP10 yep. is the code for 10% off, so that's jwbmilitaryandbrass.com. Check them out. Say thanks for supporting the AR-15 podcast. Well, you know, it's uh, fine sponsors like that that allow us to provide you the content we do. So if you would like to help us continue to stretch our uh, reach and provide you ever more expanding and in-depth content, uh, sponsoring the show, um, uh, being a patron and, and providing that kind of support allows us to do uh, bigger, better, more, and that can only... Uh, help when it comes to trying to get into uh, a space where you can find support and guidance uh, in terms of our access to the industry and uh, the experiences that we've had and the experiences that I think now we're up to 10,000 strong and listeners have had. So it's really a great community. We appreciate everybody that pitches in and helps out the guys that come on with questions and a, a really positive and I think um, judgment-free way, which I don't know that you get that too many other places when you're seeking this kind of information. No, yeah, we try and try and give you guys the knowledge. So that being the case, uh, I think it's time to really delve into tonight's main topic, and let's talk about some of the things we've seen 
at Media Day. Uh, yeah, so every year at SHOT Show they do their uh, Media Day at the range where the morning, pretty much the morning is just for uh, invited members of the media and it gives the companies a chance to come out and show some of their new stuff that they're going to show on SHOT Show and it gives us a chance to get it hands-on and use it, uh, which helps us talk about it for you. We got a chance to see a bunch of stuff. Uh, we focused on mostly AR stuff, since that's what you guys come to us to listen for. But uh, we did see some other stuff and uh, got to play around with it a little bit. So we're just kind of going to go on a rundown of what we got our hands on today. Um, yeah, as we walked in, one of the first booths that we saw, you know, very center of the range, was the Colt booth. And their uh, new product that they're kind of we're kind of pushing at the show was their Colt Combat carbine which is a little bit more modern take on an ar uh, with the uh magpul uh or sorry not magpul uh, yeah magpul mlock handguard a more modern furniture not your standard a2 looking rifle it was a nice rifle i got to fire it uh jd do you have any thoughts on it uh, i just wanted to define we real quick when we walked in well, yeah, so uh, as we're going through this, you may hear us uh, mentioning things about hours, gates, waiting, read. read. Now, I'm just going to cut to the chase. These two knuckleheads left me at the gate for an hour. So we're just going to get that cleared out of the way so that they can quit trying to bring it up to assuage their conscience and 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 fall on their swords because there is no torment enough for them to escape the wrath that is going to be coming down the pike for months for leaving me out stranded at the front gate. In fact, here let, let me let me express to you how how kind and considerate my co-hosts were as I was rescheduling a flight that was canceled in Dallas because of a tornado. They were like yeah, grab an Uber. We'll see you out there with bad cell phone coverage that we won't be able to actually get a phone call from you on so that when you get there, you'll have to wait an hour before we can come and get your gear and stow it and bring you back into the show. But, hey, that's just the kind of guys they are. So I thought the Colt rifle was really <laughs> awesome. I mean, uh, you know, you're used to the to the old kind of standard that Colt has. And so, um, and Anthony and I got to hang out together and really bond and not have any distractions and, uh, not really have to deal with the pettiness of things that are, you know, associated with gates. Um, I, I was kind of intrigued a little bit that Colt brought something a little bit new to the table, uh, instead of relying on just that name. Now, is it a big step up? Uh, I, I don't think so. No, I, you know, it's a nice rifle. It's a rifle that, uh, you see a lot of people making and it's, uh, one of those Colt kind of trying to join in with the rest of the world. Um, not a, you know, not a bad step, but not anything revolutionary. It's a nice rifle. Pretty reasonably priced. A little bit of the Colt premium, but. What was the MSRP on it? Uh, 1300. That's, that's a whole lot of. Maybe premium on that too. Anthony did carry Reed's bags to the truck, by the way, just to give Anthony some props there. <laughs> All right. Uh, so now, now I'd have an opinion for you about the Colt Combat Carbine, but they had already walked through that booth by the time I was running. So <laughs> uh, a little bit down the way uh, from Colt was uh, IWI um, makers of the Tavor, and uh, they had their Tavors out. Um, you know, they're usually, they're, uh, new, uh, newer X95, um, and they had it out in the usual 5.56 as well as, uh, 9mm, and they now have it in 300 blackout, which they were shooting suppressed, um, which that was kind of fun. And, uh, they were also shown off their, uh, 5.56 Galils, which I don't know if you got a chance to put your hands on those. I didn't get to shoot that one, did you? Yeah, I did. <laughs> did you like it? Uh, it was nice. I'm not, I haven't fired a Galil before, so, you know, something a little bit different. Uh, but I like the Tavors. It's kind of, you know, if I have to pick a, a non-AR semi-auto that I like, the Tavors pretty much up there. Hey, you know, we've had, I, we've talked about the Tavor and IWI on the show. Um, I have an older Tavor. The X95 I fired today was, um, suppressed and man, it really, it, it made an impression that Tavor is the rifle my wife chooses to shoot over anything else I've got. So, uh, the X95, um, I saw it last year at SHOT Show. 
Um, they really haven't upgraded or done anything new to it. It's just the same platform, but still kind of impressed with it. Uh, they also had out there, uh, their new 338 Lapua rifle that they just, uh, they didn't even, it wasn't ready to be, uh, used on the range. Right. Yeah. They said they just, uh, managed to get it through customs and yeah. all that to have it sitting out at the range day. Yeah, cool looking rifle though. Very cool. You know, 338 Lapua and that it's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that develops from IWI here in 2017. Uh, so moving on the next, next. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Reed, what did you think of the IWI booth? Well, as I passed it when I finally got in, it looked pretty interesting, but we didn't have enough time because I'd wasted an hour already. A, a disclaimer here, folks. I do want to tell you that I said, Reed, whatever you want to do, we'll go do. Whatever you want to see, we'll go see. So he he had the power to make choices. He chose to walk on by. All right, Anthony, what's up? Uh, so moving on, uh, we saw another company that I enjoy shooting their uh, rifles, uh, the Smith & Wesson line. Um, and they were, they've were they come out with their new performance center rifles, a little bit more geared towards uh, competition and long range. And... Uh, they had their 223-556 rifle out, as well as their AR-10, um, and the one that they had specifically out was chambered in 6.5 Creedmoor. Um, both, again, nice rifles, tuned, nice triggers, upgraded furniture. Um, it's interesting to see the AR-10 in uh, 6.5 Creedmoor. Um, which we actually saw a lot of, a lot of rifles chambered, chambered in 6.5 Creedmoor. So I, I think that's going to be, as we move through the week, uh, something we're going to see more of. I think the 2017 could be the year of that, of that 6.5 Creedmoor. Well, and you know, the 6.0 Creedmoor is also gaining some traction. So I think that you're, you're seeing what looks to be an expansion of, uh, an appreciation of, I don't know, Sub thirty caliber projectiles, uh, based on a three hundred eight cartridge, which I mean, I've always been a big fan of the two forty three, which is essentially what that's a six. It's a six six, six millimeter six millimeter uh, three hundred eight neck down. So I mean, I, I think it's interesting to see that we're going to get some expansion in that arena, because while I appreciate the three hundred eight, I'm a bigger two forty three fan. So, uh, the, the year of the 6.5 Creedmoor and other kind of, uh, you know, six and a half and six millimeter cartridges is for me kind of an exciting thing. Yeah. So this is an interesting trend. We saw a couple of people doing it. The other thing that, uh, MMP or that Springfield really had out in their booth was the new, uh, MMP 2.0s, which, uh, that's my preferred pistol is an MMP. Uh, so seeing the newer, Newer version of that with the improved trigger, uh, can actually shoot the stock trigger. I don't have to go and put the apex trigger in mm-hmm. is the first thing I do to that gun. Um, and that was at the thing. Smith and Wesson. Yeah, it was at the Smith and Wesson booth that, you know, right, right next to their, uh, ARs. Again, kind of something for fun for me. Yeah. I know, I don't remember what you're, yeah, neither of you are really. I was uh, at the next sm- booth. Yeah, you, you had, <laughs> that's right. Uh, while I was doing that, uh, JD had moved on to the, uh, H and K booth. Oh. You're gonna have, and they, uh, they had out their, uh, SP5K. You're gonna tell us a little bit about that, since I know you two are in the war to get one. It's a, it's a beautiful, it it's is. a, it's beautiful. It's a work of art. It was, I cradled it, I rocked it, I caressed it, I decided I must have one, and, uh, I just gotta figure out how to make that happen, but I shot it, it's heavy, you know, it's, it's S, you know, SP, so it's, uh, you know, pistol, it's, semi-pistol. Yeah, sporting pistol. Sporting pistol. Can you uh, describe for the listeners what it is in case they're not aware of what? It's a unicorn. It's a, it's a unicorn. <laughs> it's pretty. Whenever, it's, it, whenever it flies around with its magical wings and fairy dust, it poops gumdrops. So it, it's their civilian legal pistol version of an MP5. Yeah, is that? Would you, I don't. Is that fair to say? That, that to me, to me is what it well, looked like. I'm not. It's about as close as you get. Yeah, well, I mean, I think that the, uh, the standard, the MP5 comes to the US as a chopped down, demilled kit. <coughs> and I think that before the introduction of the SP5K, you either had something that was part of a pre 
86 uh, Gun Control Act um, product or, you know, afterwards it was built from a, a spare parts kit uh, by some qualified manufacturer. And, you know, you just couldn't easily get HK manufactured versions of the kind of the MP5 line. Now, you, you had some kind of knockoffs and some folks that claimed license rights from other countries. I think there's a Turkish country. Who's the manufacturer on that, JD? The Turkish one that comes in? I'll let you think about that for a sec. In any case, so this being the HK version imported or I guess now they've, are they manufacturing it here? I, again, I'm not super familiar. I know you two are the ones that are kind of. We're, we're going to get that, we're going to get that lined up when we get a chance to talk to HK tomorrow. But, you know, it, it gives you the opportunity to actually have HK quality in the product. Zenith. Zenith is the Turkish company yeah. that makes the MP5 kind of clones. Yeah. And so I'm kind of disappointed that what they've done is kind of taken the neutered machine pistol, turned it into the sporting pistol five and, and then just left it alone. There are, I think that's what they had to do to even get it to come over. You know, I don't know. The Scorpion has kind of crossed that into that zone and the, uh, SIGs, uh, their MP line. So, you know, I think easily HK could have uh, followed in that vein. But HK hates civilians. Yes, pretty much. So, I mean, I think we count ourselves blessed it's available. But I mean, I mean, for me, as a as a gun enthusiast, as a as a kid, as a as a young teenager, the MP5 was the cool thing for me. I mean, long before an AR was ever cool. The MP5 was like the first gun crush for me. Yeah. I mean, it's it, growing up, seen in the 80s, the movies, all the, all the action movies. Mm-hmm. Everybody had an MP5. Oh yeah. So how did it, how did it, when you shot it, I know the answer to this, but you know, it's a pistol. You can't really, it's too heavy to shoot like you would a normal pistol. So how did you shoot it? So I would, I would describe it as shooting it as if it were a rifle. But arms outstretch. And I think that if you're going to kind of, uh, if you were to buy one, you'd have to imagine you're going to shoot it with a single point sling, uh, around the back of your arm, kind of pressed out for tension. And I think that that's the way a lot of the, uh, the Uzis and the, uh, I guess it's the K variant is the, the short uh, version of the MP5K. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, I think, the way that they were designed to be utilized so that they could be concealed pretty easily under clothes. But um, I don't know that it's all that functional, but I do think that it is How dare you? designed. I think it may very well be marketed as the um, opportunity to take HK and springboard off of that into an MP5 in whatever variant um, because of a... Uh, an aftermarket or a secondary market uh, gunsmithing uh, warehouse like uh, TPM Outfitters mm-hmm. in Carrollton, Texas. We talked, I think all three of us talked to the H&K guys separately and we tried to be, and we were trying yeah, to say, trying hey, to are you, you gonna, know, is this a form path, one? Yeah. Form one? And, and they, so they, they would, they don't want to answer that question, but from everything I've seen, most of the people who get these form one, form one them pretty quick and get them set up to, to be converted over by a company like that or somebody who has the know-how to take it. I, I liked how it shoot a shot. It didn't, uh, I tell you what, it just probably made the desire to own one more than I had when I walked on the range. Uh, yeah, it was, it was a cool gun. Um, you know, not, not something that I see in my future. But Anthony's mad because he lives in California. Well, yeah, even if I could, I just, not a not a need. Um, so kind of while you guys were were drooling over that a little bit, I uh, I got pulled into another booth uh, run by First Tactical, and they were uh, really 
demoing their shooting gloves, their, uh, what is it? Their, uh, they're just their first tactical duty gloves, which were, you know, really nice shooting gloves. Um, I'm actually not a fan of gloves and, uh, I'll fully admit it. I, uh, might have gone online and purchased a set already. Um, but just, uh, good shooting gloves, uh, kind of, you know, very comfortable, uh, easy to manipulate a pistol. Uh, or a rifle while you're wearing the gloves, which is something that I haven't found even in the shooting style gloves. So that was, uh, really impressive to me. Um, yeah, and fairly reasonable, reasonably priced, uh, about 30 bucks. Uh, so puts, puts it right in there. But they're no isotoners. Yeah. And yeah, we keep telling Anthony that he needs to stay out of the gardening section of uh, Home Depot to get his gloves. Stick to something a little more conventional. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, moving on from that, uh, we, the next booth that we, uh, kind of f- found ourselves in was, uh, Black Rain Ordnance, which is a company that I had seen before, but never really paid any attention to. Um, and they had a variety of, uh, very interesting rifles, some interesting price points that were really nice rifles, uh, you know, they were talking about how making a lot of their components in-house um, and their own drop-in trigger packages. You know, I, I asked them. I said, what's not made in-house? They said nothing. They said everything they got is made in-house. Um, and, you know, even their entry-level rifle, which is starting at about $800, um, is, you know, it felt great. It it ran great. And then you move on to some of their, uh, you know, their their more competition series, their 556 Scout. Um and, you know, just upgrades the furniture a little bit. And again, nice rifle, a little bit lighter, different stock. And then the really cool thing that they had, they had a suppressed AR-10 308 that was so much fun to shoot. It was shoot. a lot of fun. You know, I think to me the thing that is uh, uh, one of the trends that I think is emerging um, is something that is evidenced here with Black Rain. I, I think probably one of the first match billet sets I ever purchased was a Black Rain Ordnance set, and it's uh, part of a rifle that I still have. But they didn't make complete rifles back then. They made some nice barrels and receiver sets and other components, and now with the entry of these um, various actual complete um, rifle lines, this is kind of a trend that we're seeing in other manufacturers. And I think that that is something that I, I think we've predicted that. I think that we've predicted that we'd have this kind of vertical integration where, you know, companies that were making parts or companies that were making receivers would begin to integrate the means to make the remaining components to assemble completed weapon systems. And, you know, this is, one of those kinds of companies. Where else have we seen it? We've seen that with Arrow Precision. Precision. Yeah, Arrow's moved on to doing their own. Um, and, of course, we have some long-standing companies that have come out with new product lines. That many of them we saw, but, uh, for example, Savage um, and um, Springfield. Springfield. Which, yeah, both of those we're going to talk about in a little bit. Absolutely. Both very interesting rifles. and I think, um, I think what stuck me as my cat decides to play with a box, we are broadcasting from my kitchen table. Um, I think the thing that struck me about the Black Rain Ordinance guys is there was no bravado. Um, they were very easy to talk very, to. Yeah, just like, here, try it. You know, what do you want to try? Try this. You know, t- telling us about everything, talking to us, spending some time with us. That was really... Um, uh, you're not saying other places failed there, but, but I man, think they were the most open and, uh, I definitely, that whole crew. definitely see us in the future, uh, getting them on for a show and talking to them yeah, and talking to them. Cause I want to get, you know, like I said, it's not a company that I paid attention to. So I would, uh, would like to get some more information on the company. And this was about the time Reed came in from the gate, right? So Reed can start commenting yes. from here on. Um, no, wait a minute. I was there for the. H and K. Well, no, we went back to the We H&K. went back. Well, that's fine, but I was there at H and K. Okay, but the first two times we went were awesome. You see, you guys are digging holes for yourselves. You're digging holes for yourselves. I'm tall. Oh, which, no, which no, no. We, we had one, one more one that more? we didn't. Uh, okay. the, uh, the American, uh, tactical, which they were doing the, uh, reinforced polymer lowers <coughs> and then something else that I hadn't seen, a reinforced polymer upper. 
Um, so they had, I want to say, either, uh, I want to say it was aluminum uh, reinforcement in the polymer, so it, in both the upper and the lower, so it can stand up to the abuse. Um, you know, it, it, it made something interesting, something new. It definitely made the rifle lighter. Um, and, you know, it worked. It shot. I'm abstaining from this one. I mean, I did go, guys were nice. I'm just not. I go back to the controlled explosion by your face and trusting a polymer. Well, so the, the, I mean, I, I'll have to see. It. I'll have. I'll have to see it not explode in somebody else's hands. Um. We'll. You know. We'll get. I, do you want to stop by their booth uh, where you can take a look at it and see? I mean. Yeah. Really, I mean, we'll give them that. I mean, I will. But the, you know, the, the controlled explosion is 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 happening in the barrel a little bit further away. Not not the not the polymer part. I still don't want it to blow up there either. <laughs> Man, he's like, hey, it's cool. If the explosion takes place like another two inches from your face. It's all right. It's oh, all but good. it's it's happening in a okay, steel it's barrel. A, it's a polymer. Okay, which is more likely to give the steel barrel or the polymer? I don't care if it's reinforced in certain areas. There are certain areas where it's not reinforced. <laughs> well, I just want to point out that when the bolts lock, the explosion's happening in the chamber. I just I. I after our J- discussion J- last JD's week. having all problems. Alright, alright, let's move on, gentlemen. Um, so this is now the point where Reed showed up. We, we had to walk back and get him and put his stuff in the truck and, uh, anyways, um. We had to hug it out. We, we did have to hug it out. We did. Um, we sang Kumbaya. It was, it was great. We, uh, we then, uh, stopped by Battle Arms Development and I got to, uh, actually fire that SBR that I have a really cool picture of. Me holding from last year. Yeah. And, uh, you, they handed you a magazine and told you to flip the happy switch. That was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, a battle arms development is out of Henderson, which is just down the road from Las Vegas. So they're a local company here to me. And, uh, I, I'm just a big fan of the stuff that they do, whether that's their PDW stock, which kind of broke my heart to get my hands on it today and, and put it against my shoulder. It's an amazing setup, but I am just a, Freaking woolly mammoth of a guy that, uh, I was like bear hugging a, you know, an ice cream cone. Well, so, and even I have problems with it. And I mean, I'm not a big guy, but I'm also six feet tall. So, you know, getting it in there and, you know, I have the arm span to match. So getting it in there and getting the rifle in it, it gets a little weird. It's, it feels, you know, feels really close. To and it you. was, it was only a seven and a half inch barrel. Right. And for any ladies listening, Anthony's actually like six, six, 220 pounds, eligible bachelor, has a great job, his own place, doesn't rely on his parents. Uh, we are looking for somebody for him. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're doing it this week at SHOT Show, but I don't know if we're going to find any candidates. So I may have fibbed on the six, six thing and the 220. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. If, if, if he's 220, you're in a mom. <laughs> I have to tell you that uh, both of you whine too much. Seriously, you don't know how to shoulder a rifle. That that, that SBR was no problem at all. You guys need to just no, cut I'm it just out. Saying it's you learn it need to learn how to just fly through a tornado. <laughs> okay, I, I was prepared to fly through. Freaking Dorothy did it. Why can't you do it? Because my pilot wouldn't let us board. I I would call Reed Dorothy if I wasn't afraid of him. <laughs> Uh, but the battle arms stuff was cool as all get out. We talked to, uh, uh, the firearms manager there and they're going to get on the show. We've been talking to George and uh, the schedule's n- never really lined just up. They're really busy. They're a small shop. So we're going to get them on and we're going to talk about the stuff that they're doing. Uh, everything from their safety switches to their lowers to their stocks. They've really, I think they're one of those companies that really innovates when it comes to, um, firearms and opening a diet coke during the middle of a podcast so it hisses like that read so um i i battle arms was one of my favorite booths followed by the booth we went to next i believe uh after after battle arms we uh stopped by the uh cobalt kinetics booth yes um and they they showed us some of their really highly tuned uh high-end ars and you know they've taken an ar and they've taken the engineering to the next level with some of the stuff that they've done on it. I've noticed them because of the the cool factor. I don't. Yeah, think, I don't ever think I've looked deeper into that 
and knowing how much their rifles cost. But holy cow, after sitting with one and shooting a couple of them. Yeah, it's a beautiful rifle, but they've also taken that and they've uh, incorporated the additional functionality uh like on their competition guns, like what they we were they were demoing for us, their uh, their competition teams they shoot a gun that has uh, dual forward assists that are also functioning as your bolt bolt release. So you, you know you're able to. Now are we going to have a battle over this? Uh, I think we are. Okay, I because in this corner wrong. at <laughs> six one or six three, weighing like a buck one oh five, soaking wet. Anthony the Killer Hardy. In this corner, <laughs> height unknown, weight unknown, age unknown, origin unknown, nickname Grumpy. <laughs> Salty one. <laughs> we have Reed. One of them believes it's a dual forward assist. The other one believes it's a dual bolt release. So I want a dirty fight. Go. So they were claiming that it is. No, that no. They what are- they claimed was that the forward assist has been converted into a bolt release. Uh, when we, you push down the forward assist, did it grab a hold of the side of the bolt? I didn't did do it? that. I did, did not it? try, I did not did you try drop to do the bolt? that. I'm just going to you it. drop the bolt either way. No. No, see, he is speaking out of the backside of his head. I am going off of what they told me about the rifle and we will have to go to their booth. Well, we Tomorrow, can go to their booth and we can determine how wrong you are. And I have no problem rifle, doing that. Get them to open up the rifle and uh, clarify this because I think Wait, I'm right. Why do they have to open the rifle to clarify it for you? Because if it has the serrations on the bolt carrier group. Dude, that's just a bolt carrier group. It's not the serrations on the bolt carrier group. But that's group. what they're for. It's whether the forward assist actually functions as a forward assist. The way assist. that they've tuned this rifle this is a completely custom rifle. It's if not they, tuned. They remachined the component to do another function. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, this is what I've had to deal with for the last <laughs> 13 hours. Minus one hour that Reed was at the gate. Well, if but, you're going to be that bald boxing ref, you need to declare a winner. Oh, we'll declare one on the floor tomorrow. <laughs> I was going to say, we're going to have to we declare talk, one tomorrow. We and- talked to Keith from the Cobalt Kinetic shooting team and the rest of the team. And they're going to show off the rifles tomorrow. So we will... We will uh, be talking to them in an interview to be coming out later uh, and also discuss what we talked with them about um, tomorrow. I'm, we're hoping tomorrow. We're trying to put out as many shows as we can. But, uh, gentlemen, right now, uh, Reed's got the slight edge just because age before whatever. <laughs> Pearls before swine. <laughs> See, it's been an interesting couple hours. Uh, but Cobalt Kinetics... Whether we agree on the Ford assist or not, the rifles are beautiful. Um, they, they really put time and effort into it and everybody was really helpful and open about answering questions. And I, I got to tell you, some of that, um, attitude we talk about, it does persist over to range day when you're talking to media, when you're dealing with people that are at the booths. So these, these guys that work for these companies that come out and do shot show and, uh, are at the booth when they're friendly and they're willing to share and they're open to talking, man, it, I, I believe, guys, it reflects right on the company, the way the companies run, the product that they put out, and I'm more willing to do that. Cobalt Kinetics, Black Rain Ordinance, um, those are two of the ones that stood out in my mind so far. Uh, yeah, just, you know, I enjoyed shooting the rifle. Uh, it had the comp on it, so it shot, you know, very flat shooting, very fast to follow up. Um, you know, great, great competition rifle. Uh, and then something else that I got to go and see after that was uh, Vortex was right next door, and they were showing off their new uh, Razor holographic site, um, which you know I get a little bit more information from in the want to get a little bit more information from them uh, at their booth. Um, but uh, they, uh, you know, they're in the holographic site market now. Uh, and uh, hold on a second. Okay. Um, and, uh, they, you know, it's, it's, it's a new optic from them. Um, and so instead of a single red dot, it's got the larger circle on it. Um, and be interesting to see it on the floor and have a little bit more of a conversation with them. Um, you know, my biggest problem with any holographic site these days is, uh, they blur. They, uh, yeah, they're, what, what do they call that? A little bit cataracts. of cataracts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're going to get there too, old man. <laughs> But, uh, you know, when they start to, to, when your vision goes and they begin to lose that clarity, 
their utility, I think, dissipates. And if you cannot have that utility, what's the point of having them? I, I found that having a magnifier made it easier to use my EOTech. Um, and I don't remember. If, I think while we were walking back, oh, well, you were shooting the, uh, the, uh, HK. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I stopped by the Aimpoint booth and they didn't really have anything new, but they did have their, uh, magnifiers out. That was the first time that I'd shot a red dot with the magnifier. Um, it's definitely an interesting experience versus the red dot and then seeing it with the magnification in. Right, um, right. Some of the thing, something to think about, uh, if, if you want a little bit more out of your red dot. Um, and then, you know, we kept walking. We kind of, as, you know, after that, we kind of were walking up the range because it was divided in half. Um, and just on the other side was Springfield and we got a chance to go, uh, hands on with their, uh, Springfield Saint that we had a show about. Yeah. And, and it was, uh, it was nice to run into Stephanie. Um, we got a chance to get a little trigger time on the, on the Saint, which, you know, by all accounts is a great rifle. Um, you know, when it comes down to it, I think that, I think, like we mentioned before, they're kind of right at the, the, you know, the leading edge of that wave of, uh, manufacturers dipping their toe into a market that's been around for these, what, 10 years? Right. Yeah. This is their, you know, their first, first entry into the, uh, MSR market. They've done, you know, they've done stuff like their M1As, um, but that doesn't, have, you know, that does M14 clone civilian version doesn't have the same following. Same, you know, same characteristics as the ARs. So this is, yeah. you know, it's interesting to see them getting into the AR line. We'll see yeah. where it goes. Yeah. And, you know, I think that, you know, JD and I and, and Anthony to a degree, we had a kind of a discussion about, you know, what are the implications of this in terms of, you know, what's the thought behind why they did it? Why now? I mean, why not five years ago? You know, certainly I think that if you're talking about, you know, being able to uh, capture portion of the market um, now doesn't make a lot of sense to a lot of people but if you were talking about such a fledgling market that may grow into the same kind of long term legacy market that you might think of when you think of bolt guns you know where are we going to be in 20 years when it comes to ARs and is, you know, the entry of a Springfield into that uh, market segment more a reflection of their willingness to commit to the next 20 years of product development versus, you know, just getting on to the last, you know, part of something that's dying. And I wouldn't say that, that this segment of the firearms industry is dying. Uh, and the other thing about Springfield too is, uh, you know, they, they make pistols. They're, at this point, they're pretty well known for their XD series and some of their 1911s. So is this just, uh, you know, trying to push into another segment of the market and, you know, an experiment or is this something that they're gonna continue with? Either way, the Saint's an interesting entry level AR. It's got a lot of the features that you want. You know, the one downside of it that a lot of people have said is that they didn't go with the free float style rail. They went with the more traditional Magpul furniture, fixed front side post. Right. But it's it's an attempt into getting into a world that they haven't been in. So does it go anywhere, or is this just a let's you know try this and see what happens? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so the next one that we kind of made our way to was Savage, and so. Uh, Anthony and I both got a chance to get onto one of the Savage AR-10s. Uh, we were shooting out to almost 800 yards, and while Anthony's almost as good as I am, uh, he's not I quite. Believe we both missed one. Oh, I didn't miss. I no, hit it. No, you missed. No, he said I hit it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we were. They had a steel plate out at a. Uh, 793 yards according to them and we both uh got on the target and you know we had a lot of fun with the rifle as a suppressed 308 shot beautifully you know i put four rounds on target pretty sure reed put four rounds on target no i put five rounds on target i just got the edge because the wind was blowing right so i adjusted left and we're good uh, 
I had five rounds in the magazine. I put six rounds on the target. <laughs> you didn't even shoot it. I shot the AR. You shot the you shot the AR fifteen. We're talking about the AR. We shot the first one that we shot. Which um, oh, I was just tuning you guys out until you got to a part where I could jump in. See, I know. See, that's what you do. That's the problem with having you here live. We can see you tuning us out. When so. you're on the other side of a Google Hangout, we, we, we just look at you and assume you're paying attention. But no, now I know what that glossy looking stare is. The interesting thing with Savage is they haven't been uh, into the AR market at all, and they're going into it in a big way at SHOT Show. Uh, they're releasing two AR-10s, the one that we were shooting, as well as a lighter hunting version. A sporting? Was it sporting? Uh, sporting. I don't, I don't remember. Again... We're going to do get better coverage of them at their booth. It's it's hard to have conversations at range day. Turns out when there's a lot of gunfire Whoa, going on. Exploding around it's, you. Yeah. But they're going to have a Creedmoor too, aren't they? I, you know what? I don't remember. I believe, I'm pretty sure they're having a Creedmoor coming out in the Savage. So, uh, yeah, hopefully we, we can get you those details in the next day or so. And then they're also into the 5.56 and they've got a couple versions, uh, there too. And all the way from an entry-level rifle up to a more competition-level gun and uh, something in between. Again, enjoyable rifles to shoot. They work. They felt great. If I had to say you know, they're left a little bit to be desired is I don't remember their, you know, where their trigger was coming. Um, that was the only thing I was like, eh, it's, it's you know, not bad. Uh, but no, closer. I kind of I did like the trigger on the AR-10. Oh, on the 10, yeah. As I, say, I, was, I was just saying on their 15s, right. the lower-level guns, I don't remember. It felt it felt like a good mil-spec trigger. It didn't feel like your tuned three, four-pound trigger. But again, is is that a problem in an entry-level AR? Probably not, but something to keep in mind. Well, what do we have next? Well, this is all you. Oh, the, all the, the Caracal... Um, yeah, Caracal came to the show this year with something interesting. They're uh, they're making some right uh, some AR M4 style rifles in the United States. Uh, and, and another example of a manufacturer okay. trying to cement a portion of the AR15 market with a fully fledged rifle. Right, and they you know they're coming in with two pretty standard uh, M4 clones. They had a uh, Direct impingement as well as the piston gun, both nice shooting rifles. Uh, I'd like to get a little bit more information on them um, as to what's going on and uh, what their what some of their thoughts were behind those rifles. I'd like to know what the thought was behind the price. Yeah, that would be the downside for me. The rifle, the uh, direct impingement gun, I want to say was coming in at like thirteen hundred. Are we eleven hundred, thirteen hundred, eighteen hundred, eighteen? No, that was for the piston. Oh, yeah, yeah the was piston 18. was 1800 So definitely a bit of a premium price tag for new rifles that didn't have, you know, features that were that exciting. Beyond that, you know, that's pretty standard AR. Uh, something, something new, something to look out for. And, uh. Yep. <laughs> and then at this point, we, uh, we kind of <laughs> got, we kind of got split up a little bit. I stopped by the Ruger booth. I now let me let me define we got split up for you. Anthony, who can't walk into a booth without earning three new friends, um, <laughs> apparently takes forever to get out of a booth and so JD and I find ourselves a nice comfy shaded spot with you know out of the wind to sit down and hucker down for the 30 minutes it takes Anthony to you know talk through the people at the booth. So Anthony is the mayor of Range Day. He he is. He is. Um, so anyways, we got, he doesn't even talk to us about it. I just gave a rundown on the rifle. What (laughs) else do you want, man? We, we want you to acknowledge that you're the friendliest person on the team. (laughs) Yes, I am friendly and enjoy talking to people about their rifles. That's kind of why I'm on a podcast. (laughs) Oh, I was here for the money. (laughs) Uh, we're going to have to talk about that. (laughs) What'd you, what'd you see at Ruger? Uh, I, you know, I was kind of hoping they had, we're going to have some of their, uh, their AR pattern rifles out. Doesn't look like they're coming out with anything new. I did finally get to put my hands on and actually shoot 
one of their uh, Ruger Precision rifles. Again, they had the 6.5 Creedmoor out. It's a fun rifle, pretty interesting price point on it for a precision rifle. Uh, something, something to look forward uh, for me in the future. Probably something I'll be buying soon. Well, Anthony was on his uh, hour and a half adventure to Ruger. Uh, Reed and I decided to stop by Arrow Precision. Um, we checked in with Brian, who was uh, so integral in that 308 giveaway that we did this past summer. Uh, just connect with him and uh, talk to Chad, who was on the show also last summer. Um, they're doing some stuff with. They've got ballistic and uh, the VG7, VG6, VG6, VG6 that they've got under their company umbrella. Uh, they had a couple cool uh, toys out there. They just did their new Gen 2 handguards, and uh, we're looking forward to uh, having them back on the show sometime in the future and partnering with them in the future. So that was just more of a uh, shake hands, slap hands kind of moment, ask about uh, certain questions, and I think that's that's really uh, where our day that was kinda was kind of it for our range day as we were we were heading home we did stop by the vfob event before we got to vfob we actually went back to the gate that, oh that's true we that went reed, through yes that reed spent so much time at it it was it was kind of a solemn moment we all took a, a quiet moment and some of us prayed some of us just wept um he thought about the time that was there. You guys were just hoping I wasn't going <laughs> to slap the both of you. I'm pretty safe because I'm their ride and and their hotel. So I think I'm pretty safe until Reed has to leave on Wednesday. Then I might find a pipe bomb or something in my luggage. I don't know what he's going to do. I imagine it's going to be pretty bad. But, uh, yeah, we left and we went over to VFOB. By the way, both these guys as navigators – you want to stick to Siri or your GPS? We got over to the. That's only because JD navigates with Yahoo Maps. I mean, really, in this day and age. That was from the Yelp. Yahoo tonight. Maps. That, uh, that was from Yelp tonight when I was told I want the best burger in Las Vegas. Those were the requirements. I'm like, what the freak? I don't know. Let's go to In and Out Burger. They were pretty good burgers, and we had a had a good. Conversation with, with the, the owner, owner. Yeah, about, about guns. So. About guns. Yeah, so. And I'm a little disappointed that as a big man, you don't know where the heck to find a burger. It's in and out. It's no, at the really? end of the street. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Really? Or Five Guys. Really. Or Smash Burger. What about Whataburger? Whataburger? Yeah. What's that? That's the one that beats in and out Burger hands down. You know what? You're not big enough to jump into this conversation. Mr. Who's going to eat my buns? Um, I'm on a diet. As I come to Las Vegas, find me the best burger ever. Reed is on the most interesting diet in the world. Ask him about it. Okay. Or, or, or don't. We, we went to VFOB. Uh, we're supporting what they're, what they're, uh, doing and putting together. I believe this is the first year. Uh, yeah, it's their first year. It's the, uh, Veterans Forward Operating Base. It's kind of a collection of veteran owned businesses and they, uh, were putting on their own, uh, little range day, uh, last, uh, Monday and Sunday, last two days, um, and just veteran-owned companies mm-hmm. trying to get the word out about the companies. Um, I mean, I think they're onto something good that can grow year after year, and we definitely want to support uh, veteran-owned companies. So uh, we're going to look into having um, Chad on from VFOB, who's a part of it. Uh, I think he's with Snake River too. Um, we're going to have them on. We're going to talk about it because we really want to uh, use whatever – uh, spotlight we have to shine lights on companies we believe in. And man, those that are putting together a bunch of veterans, uh, we, we definitely want to support those and believe in those, but we saw something pretty cool there. The coolest thing we saw there was uh tango down rotary grenade launcher. Oh, I want one. <laughs> like I want one with actually the six grenades that it needs you to get launch. Hold and you just hold down the trigger. I mean, Anyways. Boom, boom. Yeah. Kind of a fun, uh, you know when I'm starting to make sound effects, it's it getting ex- late. Excited, and- <laughs> yeah. It's- so, well, but yeah, we, that, we, that was- sh- we sure did get into an interesting discussion about red phosphorus. We did. Yeah, that, that guy taught us. The, the German guy taught us. I, I forget his name, and I apologize if you're listening to this or, or you're the gentleman at the booth. But we learned a lot about red phosphorus. Red phosphorus and the. Uh, Enterprising munitions that are being developed in Europe that uh, uh, go along with the 40 millimeter uh, grenades. Uh, uh, what do they call it? A string of pearls. Uh, yeah, time a string detonation. Of cascading time detonating uh, 
grenades uh, strung along a, uh, uh, I guess a, a retreat path, so you could yeah, put rain the, fury down on the dude. The way he put it, he was he was just <laughs> smiling the whole time. Oh, yeah. I was like, ah, oh, cool. Yeah, you know, talking about the putting six forty millimeter grenades into a. 50 gallon barrel at 800 yards. Oh yeah. That's crazy. Uh, so, you know, it's a cool event. Um, it'll be interesting to see, uh, where it goes in the future. You know, definitely want to support those companies, uh, when you get the chance. Um, props to Anthony because we're going to wrap this up here in a second and he is going to get it uploaded to you guys as soon as possible, which I imagine it's going to be pretty soon. Um, so props to Anthony for Making that all happen and being our audio tech while we're here live from my kitchen table. Um, it's been fun hanging out with the guys. Minus the one hour I missed out on of time with Reed that I'll never get back. That's going to be on my headstone. I missed one hour with Reed. But uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, I'm exhausted. I'm ready to go to sleep. But, uh, you know, we have SHOT Show the next for me the next two days. Uh, for read the next two days, I believe, and then Anthony's gonna be for three days. Yeah, we'll, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> yeah, we'll see how exhausted we are on, on Thursday. But we're gonna hit the ground running tomorrow. Um, we're gonna talk to the shooting captain from Cobalt Kinetics, and, um, that, that's our scheduled interview tomorrow, but the rest of the morning, rest of the afternoon, we're gonna be going after all these, uh, people that we saw today, and, uh, some of our favorites. And some of the ones that you suggested. So if you have any suggestions, shoot us an email. I don't know how reception is going to be in the hall. You can do jd.ar15podcast at gmail.com or any of our emails, um, to try to reach us or send a message to the show and we'll try to, we'll try to ask your question to the, to the right person that we find. But we're going to, I know I went last year for the first time and I know what to expect. I think we've got a good game plan and I think we're going to go attack it tomorrow and get some, get some, uh, people to come on the show and maybe even line up some sponsors and some fun stuff like that. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I am excited. I'm looking forward to this. Uh, hopefully we'll be able to bring you some interviews from the floor a little bit later on. And, uh, hopefully we're going to try and keep publishing shows the next couple of days. So stay tuned. Look forward to all the shot show coverage that we're bringing you. Yeah, I think we're just gonna do our opinions, right? Yeah, I think for the it's next couple be of days, just kind of what again, this same format, kind of sit down, talk about what we saw, uh, go through it, and then do a show or two of interviews, and then kind of once all that's done, if you're still interested in shot show coverage, kind of do a wrap up of everything and some of the non AR things that we saw that were fun, because you know inevitably you're going to a a really large gun show where there's a lot of, there's lot of people be, yeah. showing their wares, uh, you know, various firearms related stuff. So, well, and you know, in four years, <coughs> we've been there three times. This will be our fourth year. I have still got places on that showroom floor map that are like the dark continent that I have never been to that I am unlikely to ever be able to walk through because there is just so much. And they have gates. <laughs> I mean, let's just face it. Well, I was going to say, if you know, we're talking about people who've seen more of that convention center at this point, I think I've won after working there a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's worked there for several conventions, but we'll, we'll do our best to bring you everything we see and uh, give it to you in a punch drunk kind of way. Um, other than that, I'm going to bed. You know, as always, you send, send us questions at the, uh, AR15 podcast at Gmail. Uh, find us on Facebook. Send us questions that way too. You know, if you're, you're hearing about these products, please remember to use either our Brownhouse affiliate links or our Amazon affiliate links. It helps keep the show going, helps keep us funded so we can do stuff like this. And, uh, keep on listening. We'll keep on giving you content from Chat Show. With that, we're signing off and going to bed. Good night. Good night. This has been a production of the Firearms Radio Network. You can find more information at firearmsradio.tv.